You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers. As always, my name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News. And today, the Pacers played the mighty Lakers, who are the the most 9-9 nine and nine mighty team ever. Uh, <laughs> and today, joining me to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers, who... Caveat, we were talking about the Lakers before they play the Knicks, so some slight updates to stats and records will be had as this game comes along. Jacob Brood from Silver Screen and Roll, the Lakers SB Nation site, and for you vocally smart people, also the host of Locked On Hoosiers. Hope you might have heard his voice before. Jacob, how you doing, man? Doing great. It's been a uh, an eventful 18 games. I'm sure this 19th game against the Knicks is going to be equally eventful, but what a wild season for the Lakers so far. Yeah, it seems like all the wildness for the Lakers season has little to do with basketball and lots to do with other <laughs> other stuff. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it's a strange time for this game to happen, and, I, and I'll let you speak to this first. But LeBron is not playing against the Knicks tonight. He was suspended for his role, and as I think the NBA called it an altercation, so I'll call it an altercation, uh, with Piston center Isaiah Stewart. And originally, I think for the Knicks game, he was listed as questionable with an abdominal thing. And then he got suspended anyway, so that didn't matter. So do you expect that he will come back from the suspension and play Wednesday? Do you think this ab thing is something serious? How is he looking when he's playing? Give me all the LeBron stuff you can to start this off. It's been been a weird season for LeBron so far. A couple of games in, he twists his ankle uh, pretty similar to how he did it last year that cost him um, a good chunk of the season. He avoided any serious injury. He missed couple games, comes back, playing fine, looking great, and then had this ab strain uh, against the Rockets uh, kind of late in the fourth quarter. He came back in, played fine, looked great, hit some big shots to, to seal the win, and then he was out for a little over two weeks. Um, and it, it was one of those injuries where the, the reports were if it were a playoff game, he could have played through it, but there's a risk of kind of worsening it. So they played it really safe. Uh, that That's kind of the reason they traded for Russell Westbrook is that you can play it safe because you have two other stars there to help carry you. Uh, he came back against Boston, looked fine. Didn't <laughs> there was a weird vibe to that Detroit game even before a uh, fracas broke out and uh, he he was playing all right. The Lakers were down double digits when he uh, threw a punch and uh, Isaiah Stewart lost his mind and everything crazy happened. So ultimately, Bro- LeBron's only played eight games through the first even nineteen games, counting this Knicks game. Uh, he's looked pretty good through basically all of them, but that has meant that there's not a whole lot of flow with this team when he's in there just because they don't have the minutes to have figured things out so far. Yeah, the the vibe I've gotten from watching LeBron this year is most of the stuff he's doing is, is pretty similar to what he was last year. The, re- the, the way that a lot of people have been, I think accurately describing it is just a little less burst, like right at the rim, which is a little strange. Uh, so his assist numbers are a little down because of that, and his finishing there isn't as great. But he's LeBron. I fully expect him to eventually reach that level. But 
a fantastic player. I hope he plays. I, don't, I think he missed uh, a game in Indiana two years ago off a of back-to-back, but it's not a back-to-back for him. So we'll see. No. But the, the, you know, his injury status is certainly alarming. I'm glad you get to use words like fracas because I had to cover the <laughs> Miles Turner, Rudy Gobert. Well, I, I called it a kerfuffle because they just were like, like shoving that. each other and no, no throwing of punches. No one was ready to hit anybody. Uh, LeBron hit a guy, and Isaiah Stewart was was ready to hit him back. And <laughs> I don't like covering fights so much, but it, they are certainly interesting in a part of basketball that doesn't happen very often. So fracas, that's a word I got to add to my uh, to my vernacular for these kind of things. The other one uh, I love to use is brouhaha. That one's a <laughs> baseball one. Whenever the bench is clear, everybody likes to call it a brouhaha. Uh, benches didn't quite clear, but there were a lot of people on the court for that. Uh, LeBron, Isaiah Stewart, brouhaha, whatever you want to call it. So fracas and brouhaha are my two words I go to on that. So the other LeBron stat that I'm using to leap into the rest of the Lakers is his whole career after his sophomore season, his usage rate in the 30s, well over 30. This year, 28.5%. And, like, look, he's getting older. It makes sense for him to defer, but also Carmelo shooting the lights out this year, and they still have Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook on the roster who require – the ball. So let's start with AD. I mean, he was amazing on their title run. I mean, actually, let me rephrase that. He was their best player during their title run. Uh, one of, if not the best defensive players on the planet. Although this year, just it seems like not quite up to the Anthony Davis standard that I'm used to, particularly. You've watched more of the Lakers than I have. So how has he done this year? How is he fitting in in this Russell Westbrook world of LA? What, what's Anthony Davis going to show up and, and do if he's able to play? Because I see that he has not COVID, but a very bad sickness right now. Yeah, he said that a couple times this year already. He had a, a f- kind of flu game of his own um, earlier in the season where he still dropped, uh, I believe it was 40 points on, I um, can't remember exactly who it was against. But yeah, he uh, is kind of questionable for this game against the Knicks with a, they said he woke up with a fever and it never went away. Um, honestly, out of everyone, I guess out of the three big stars, I should say, uh, Davis has been the one that has been the best and kind of the least of the Lakers problems. Um, at times he's been, uh, not great, maybe not up to that level. Uh, he set a crazy high bar with that playoff run, uh, because as you said, there was a, an argument that he was the best player, um, on that team. So I don't know if he's ever going to get to that level, But, I mean, that Detroit game, uh, after LeBron was ejected, it was AD and Russ. In that fourth quarter, they uh, came back from down 15 going into it to win. Obviously, Detroit is Detroit, and you can put all the caveats with that. But he finished a steal away from a 30-point 5-by-5. He he has been remarkable, uh, especially really over the last maybe – six, seven, eight games. Um, He can't, he had a, he was sick in Portland. He only played kind of his first stint in the first quarter and never came back. And since then he's been lights out, but really overall throughout the season, um, he's been the guy I've worried least about still that uh, terrific defensive player uh, able to defend guys on the perimeter block shots at the rim and he's able to to play so many different roles offensively that he allows the Lakers to do lots of different things. They've tried to go small with him at center. 
the injuries just in general, especially to LeBron, uh, have really uh, hindered how much they've been able to do that this year. Uh, obviously against a couple bigs with the Pacers, wouldn't be surprised if someone like DeAndre Jordan starts at center and Davis plays the four, but if LeBron's healthy, uh, they certainly could play small as well. It's going to be interesting, but overall the season for AD, uh, he's been terrific, especially of late. And, uh, he's starting to, there's, there's moments that fourth quarter, uh, things like that. There's moments where he, he looks like that playoff version of AD that, uh, really helped lead the Lakers to a title. And we just got confirmation he is starting against the Knicks. Uh, so I would imagine he is playing against the Pacers if he's able to go in the garden tonight. Uh, the thing with Davis, I'm going to give you some insight on this Pacers-Lakers game. I guarantee he turns his three-point percentage around against the Pacers because that's just how things work against the Pacers. Guys who are struggling just start to hit threes. Davis is 6-for-35 on the season so far from deep. Easily his worst season from deep uh, since he didn't shoot them as a rookie and sophomore. So I'm expecting a nice 4-for-5 uh, three-point performance from him Wednesday night. We would we would happily welcome it because, yeah, that's been the one aspect of his game this year that he struggled with. He's kind of stopped taking them. So if he comes out and starts shooting four three-pointers in that first quarter, then I'll know that he must believe in that as well. Yeah, he's just such a matchup nightmare for the Pacers, too, and, and I'll get to that later. He has been his whole career, but I have to finish our first segment going through all the, the big three in L.A., although I don't know if I'm allowed to call it a big three because Russ has <laughs> been uh, a player that exists for this team. Look, he, he's not bad. Calling Russ bad is never correct. The pressure he puts on defenses is immaculate every time. Zach Lowe said this several seasons ago now, but... I still always think about it. It's like, if you're a defender, even if it crosses your mind once in a game, like, damn, I got to guard Russell Westbrook again. Like, you already are at a small disadvantage on a defensive possession. So, yes, he's shooting very poorly. Uh, his finishing is way worse. And he's not quite as Russell Westbrook as he used to be, but he's still very good. Um, how do you feel like he's kind of fit into the Lakers system, which is, in my head, the worst one for him in his whole career? But he doesn't have to <laughs> yeah. do as much, so maybe it doesn't matter. I don't. How, how do you kind of feel about his season so far? Uh, work in progress, I guess would be, uh, the best way to say it. Um, yeah, fit wise, it was always an odd one. Um, it was going to take some work and this is where the injury to LeBron specifically has kind of not allowed the Lakers to really see what they have. Um, there have really only been a small handful of times that the three of them have played together and looked good together. But, I mean, I just mentioned that LeBron's only played eight games, really seven and a half because of that getting ejected. So uh, they really haven't had a ton of time together. Uh, he's really started to show some chemistry with AD. And there's been moments. Uh, there was a game in San Antonio pretty early in the season. He had a 30-point game, really led them. And then again in that fourth quarter against Detroit, um, he was the driving force that kind of started that that comeback. He has his energy level is just so high that he he kind of drags teammates along with him at times, and eventually, a lot of times they'll pick up their energy level and kind of meet him up there. Um, but with LeBron, assuming that he's going to play with LeBron uh, for tonight's game, uh, it's going to be. It's interesting because the Lakers just haven't done it enough. There's still a whole lot of feeling out that uh, 
I, I, I don't really know. Look, Russ in general is a slow starter. His second half of seasons are typically where he really takes off. Uh, pair that with the Lakers just not really giving a damn about the preseason. <laughs> and uh, it's been a really, really slow start for this team. So it's very much a to be determined about whether this is actually going to work for a variety of reasons. But Again, this Lakers season has been a lot of like glimpses and flashes of what it could be, but certainly nowhere near close to a, a full game, probably even a full half of what they uh, what they can be so far. Hey guys, one break here so I can talk to you guys about two great groups of people. First up, the good folks over at Truebill, because did you know why free trials are new without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. They have over 2 million users and have helped them save over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. And, of course, let's also talk about the good folks over at Built Bar because Thanksgiving is coming up. I love Thanksgiving. Lots of good food. Lots of good treats. They're everywhere. It's also the perfect time for Built Bars, the new holiday dessert. They're delicious. They have flavors that taste just like your favorite Thanksgiving desserts. And you can feel good about it because they're way healthier. One slice of pie. Ton of calories, over 300 on the low end. Most built bars, only 130, only four grams of sugar, plenty of protein. They're all low calorie, all low carb, all low fat, but high in protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. And again, as many Lockdown Pacers listeners can attest, they're delicious. Replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut built bar, raspberry instead of ra- raspberry built bar instead of raspberry pie. There's tons of options if you're hungry. You can share them with your family at gatherings. They'll all love them too. Nothing like a nice built bar. And they have a Black Friday deal coming up. So look out for that. Coming Friday. It's going to be awesome. Go to built.com right now. Place your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at built.com. Yeah, I'm going to give you some Russ numbers that you may or may not know. Uh, Russell Westbrook played three regular season games against the Pacers last year. He averaged 27.3 points, 18 rebounds, and 20 assists per game. Those are real numbers. That's exactly he, he was. It was insane how good he was against the Pacers. And like you just said, all three of those games were in the second half of the season when he really took off and made the Wizards go from like 13th in the East to making the playoffs. So he was amazing against this team last year. They like Brogdon's struggles are against guards like him uh, defensively, and they just they had no answers for him. One and two, the way Nate Bjorkman likes to defend did not make sense defending Russell Westbrook. That is not the case for Carlisle, so that's a little bit of solace. But he still is a matchup disaster for this team. And now that I've done the whole big three, there there are other players on the Lakers. <laughs> what have this? <laughs> what is the like? They're nine and nine. They have all these stars, but they're nine and nine. There's been some fit issues for sure. But what kind of has the Lakers struggled with this season that hasn't made them as good as people thought they might be before the season? Oh, very much defense. Uh, <laughs> which I'm I'm sure anybody that kind of looked at their acquisitions in the off season. Uh, they, it was kind of one of the, one of those things where in a vacuum, a lot of the deals were really good getting guys on veteran minimums, your Malik monks, your mellows, um, Dwight Howard's, and even getting a Kendrick Nunn on a a biannual exception. 
all were good deals in a vacuum, but you pair together a lot of non-defenders like that. And I mean, Pacer fans know how good of a defensive coach Frank Vogel is, but you're you're testing that guy's uh, capabilities, putting this many non-defenders around around uh, this big three. So that's very much been the biggest issue with this team so far is that uh, injuries or excuse me, defense has um, just not really been there. And that I know a lot of people fairly have have criticized AD at times. There's been many times where he's just like checked out because he's just tired of covering up guys' defensive mistakes and guys are just getting blown by on the perimeter and he has to try to recover and then that leaves someone else open. And he even said it after that Detroit game that uh, – they're still getting beat by too many just straight line drives, getting blown by, which forces the defense to rotate and try to fly around the court and recover. And eventually that's going to lead to an open shot somewhere. So defense has been the biggest thing, but Freudian slip, I said their injuries as well have absolutely crushed this team. Um, Kendrick Nunn, I mentioned, still hasn't played. They've been real mom on his status. We really don't know. Trevor Ariza, uh, literally second day of practice went out with a foot injury that eventually he had surgery on. Um, I mentioned LeBron's been injured a bunch. Uh, this team has been beaten up uh, pretty much up and down the roster. Um, Russ and AD are about the only two guys with mellow that have been able to play every game and been available. Um, so it's been tough. THT Taylor Horton Tucker was the other one that um, only recently came back. Uh, he's going to be a big part of this Lakers team, but he got injured late in training camp, had a broken thumb that he had surgery on. He only came back a little over a week ago. So there's just a lot of pieces of this team that haven't been able to get on the court together. Uh, and the pieces that they do have are not good defenders. So they haven't been able to defend and they really just haven't had bodies available throughout this season so far. As you were talking, I just realized the Lakers are the Tony East locked on mock draft team. I picked Talon uh, for the Pacers at the 18th pick, by the way, looking very smart in retrospect two years ago. And then this past draft, I picked Austin Reeves in our second round. So I'm feeling good about that. Those those guys actually are looking at least decent this year. Uh, the best, th- uh, real quick, the best Austin Reeves story I can give is that his nickname in college was Hillbilly Kobe. <laughs> he's from, he's from Arkansas, and his teammates gave him the nickname Hillbilly Kobe. His grandma lives in Kokomo, Indiana. Uh, he he tipped oh, that. At, he did. A, he had a draft workout with the Lakers, and he tipped that when he was here. So, I, oh well, I, he was, fun. He was a good kid when he worked out here. I I kind of was hoping he might end up with this team, but then they traded all their second round picks to get Isaiah Jackson in that giant Russell Westbrook. Every single team traded everything <laughs> trade. The, the thing with the Lakers, and I was, you know, I was going to phrase that question a little differently, but I looked through their basketball reference page, and you know how it has the, you know, their stats and their rankings in the league. Like nothing jumps out as like, wow, that's so good, or wow, that's so bad, except for turnovers. That's the only thing you didn't just say that I thought you might say. 29th in turnovers, that's Russ's thing, like every year. He has the ball a lot, he's going to turn it over a lot. I understand that. LeBron at four a game is a little high and surprising to me. And, you know, that's something that really hurts for a team that is struggling on defense is you're giving up a lot in transition. And the Pacers last week were terrible. They got they lost to the Pistons and they got run off the floor by the Hornets and scored 10 points in the fourth against the Knicks, all in losses before recovering in the last couple of days. And their issue in those games was pace control. Rick Carlisle talked about they needed to to, you know, 
be a little quicker off off of defensive rebounds or turnovers or you know just at the right time do the right thing they were calling too many plays so I think that's going to be kind of important in this game as we kind of transition to the matchup is if there are a lot of turnovers from the Lakers the Pacers need to really push and punish them for that because their set defense can be good they still have Anthony Davis and potentially a vengeful LeBron on the team but it's going to be hard to get uh, specific matchup advantages for this Pacers team I think they need to try to find those kind of holes in the Lakers and there's not very many yeah, pace is going to be interesting because the Lakers really, really like to run. Um, that's what they want to be. When you have LeBron and Russ, that should absolutely be priority number one is to get out. Oh, second and pace. Wow, I did not expect that for an old LeBron team. That's surprising. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely always trying to get out and, and push the ball. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see that matchup then because uh, especially when LeBron and Russ are both healthy, they there's almost always a point where one of them is on the floor. Um, they haven't, again, because of the injuries, they don't really have a set rotation either. So we haven't really seen what it can look like, but one of those two is almost always on the floor. So, and those are two of the best in the league at pushing the pace. Uh, so you're always going to be going fast with this Lakers team. Um, the turnovers though, I mean, yeah, Russ is averaging, I think it's, yeah, 4.9 right now. And that is much, (laughs) that's down from where it was early in the year. He, uh, he has struggled mightily with turnovers, and uh, again, I don't that part. I don't know if that's more his slow starts, or part of it is just trying to learn to play with a whole bunch of new guys. There's only three guys that returned from last year's Lakers team on this team: LeBron, AD, and Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, everybody else is new to this team, so there's a lot of learning that has to go on with this team. That was kind of an excuse early that Russ is learning to play with a bunch of new guys. Um, LeBron's turnovers I'm less concerned about because those, I think, also have really gone down. But Russ, it's a problem that has flared up, can continue to flare up. Um, and they're they're backbreakers, too, because it feels like a lot of them come um, in the fourth quarter. Uh, he's had a couple games where he's had – you know, no points or two points and six turnovers in the fourth quarter. Uh, there's some backbreakers that have happened in there. But generally, over the last handful of games, uh, he started to get that more under control. So, uh, but yeah, turnovers have absolutely been a problem for this team. And um, for a team that already struggles at defense, if you have these live ball turnovers, letting teams get into the open court and kind of giving away points like that, Uh, it's going to lead to some long nights as it has this season. One more break before we get back to the Pacers-Lakers talk. So I can tell you guys about the good folks over at betonline.ag because it's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football, and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. All the football action. Pacers-Lakers from uh, tonight or last night, depending on what day you're listening, is up there as well. Bet online remains your number one spot for all that action. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. It's not just football. Bet online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all their amazing offers for the 2021 season. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Is there anyone on the Pacers roster as you look up and down it that their skill set or their position or something makes you think that they could be someone who punishes the Lakers and is, will be a tough matchup in this game? 
it's interesting the the front court Miles and Sabonis together is it might force the Lakers to play big and as much of the as the Lakers have done it uh DeAndre Jordan is not that good anymore uh and <laughs> you can remove the that from that sentence <laughs> yeah he father time has fully caught up with him and uh he is not the athletic kind of freaking nature that he was with the Clippers. So with Sabonis and Turner, I'd be surprised if the Lakers started small because then you're making LeBron guard, uh, I assume, Sabonis. Um, But either way, you're making LeBron guard one of those guys, and I can't imagine they're going to do it. So uh, while the Lakers have the ability to play big, it hasn't really worked for them this season. Um, So that's going to be – Interesting. Dwight Howard has been really good, but he's uh, he can get a little wild the, the longer you keep him out there. So the Lakers have really, really tried to only use him in spurts and keep him effective in that regard. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see uh, how the, the front court handles that. And then, I mean, I mentioned earlier, the, the Lakers really struggle to keep anybody in front of him on the perimeter. So uh, a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, if he can get to the rim, or a Karis LeVert, either of those guys, um, they should be able to blow by Lakers defenders because they haven't shown a ton uh, of ability on that end. So um, really those those two guards, I think, could have big days getting to the rim. Now, if the Lakers are starting two bigs, uh, the idea is that DeAndre Jordan or Dwight Howard is there to protect the rim, but Again, Father Time has caught up with both of them, and they haven't really been great at that so far this season. Yeah, just stylistically, Lavert was the guy that I kind of think could be the guard that punishes the Lakers the most because he's you know he can get into that eight to ten foot range, and he's got more of a floater game than any other guard on the Pacers. But he has been rough finishing the ball this year, really rough actually. So, while I do think the way the Lakers play, you know, they like to have Dwight and, and DeAndre just camp around the basket. Could cater to Levert getting some good looks because he can get by a lot of those flimsier Lakers defenders. He has not been finishing, though. So maybe if he can get some passes or lobs from around there in a way that he hasn't this season, he could be dangerous. Um, But I agree in general that point of attack defense from my games watching the Lakers. And unfortunately, by the way, for the Lakers, I have watched both Lakers-Thunders games in full. So my perception (laughs) of the Lakers may be a little less fair to them than their actual season has gone. But yeah, their point of attack defense has suffered. Another guy thought who has struggled recently thanks to an injury, who could have a good game as Chris Duarte. Just looking uh-huh. at Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, and Rajon Rondo as your bench guards, uh, none of them are good defenders at all either. I mean, Monk's okay, and he's, work, he's trying to get better, but he's young and not very good at it. If Duarte, who has some packages of moves to, to get himself space for shots, can free himself and get open, he could be another guy who has a nice lasering effective game. So those those three stood out to me in Sabonis as well because he's always punked DeAndre and his statuesque defense against the Nets specifically <laughs> at a huge game two seasons ago. So those are all guys I was hoping you would mention. On the flip side, uh, I don't think Wayne Ellington has ever missed a three against the Pacers. I don't, I don't <laughs> fact check that, but uh, he seems like a guy with nice go-off potential in this game. And they struggle with... Uh, they struggled with Dwight historically. The Pacers have, um, you know, Miles is a fantastic, fantastic defender at you know getting out uh, on the guards when he has to, and he's an electric pick and roll defender. His blocks are insane, but the thing that gets him because he's really good at recoveries is when there's a lob over the top. He when he is guarding, you know, the ball and the lob threat, he sometimes gets cut in no man's land. That's probably his worst defensive trait. And Dwight 
two seasons ago in Indiana, I think he had 20 points without missing because he had that lob all day from LeBron. So it's gonna be that's gonna be tough on Miles. So Dwight's a guy I think could be tough. Ellington shooting could be tough. Pacers three point defense not awesome this year, but you know the outside of the stars, those are the only two guys that stand out in my head. Unless you think I'm missing someone there. Yeah. Oh, and Melo can't miss this year, so that's another one. Yeah, well, yeah. Melo can't miss in Staples Center. He's been far more human on the road, uh, but still shooting 46% from three. Uh, Ellington's minutes, he's one of those guys that was injured at the beginning of the year and is working his way back. So fortunately for you, his minutes haven't been consistent. So maybe he he may not see enough time to to hit every three he takes. Uh, With Miles, it'll be interesting because – one of the things Russ is terrific at is uh, finding his bigs once he gets into the lane. Um, so if he's able to get into the lane, draw miles, he's terrific. He's made DeAndre look decent at times uh, offensively just with those little dump-off passes, the, the little lob passes, um, just from getting that big in no man's lane, as you said. So those two um, – or Dwight and DeAndre, I should say, could have big games. That's their best skill set at this point is just being kind of in front of the rim and finding the open space and dunking it. Um, But, yeah, Melo has been remarkable this season. Uh, He he probably will be in the closing lineup uh, if it's a close game, and he's kind of the perfect complement to LeBron and AD and Russ and – uh, the Lakers have used him specifically in on the weak side of actions. So if it's a LeBron AD pick and roll, he'll they'll put um, Mello on the other kind of corner usually, so that if the defense comes over to help, you have Mello open for a kick out, or you're just going to allow LeBron or AD a, a free trip to the lane. So uh, he's been terrific. I know a lot of people for a long time always wanted kind of Olympic mellow uh, to to be how he plays. And that's pretty much what the Lakers have gotten this season is whatever version of Olympic mellow is left when he's 37 years old. Uh, that's pretty much what they've got out of him. He's been terrific this season. So Mello's going to be one. If there's going to be a guy that's going to be knocking down three-pointers, uh, I think it would probably knock on wood be mellow. Yeah, I watched Lakers Hornets. And like Melo led them in scoring in the fourth and hit two huge threes. He had like 28 in that game or 29. I was like, where's this guy been? You know, I know that he actually shot it pretty well in Portland. And it took me a while to reflex to him being a shooter anyway. But I was like, oh, dang, this guy's a threat from the perimeter. So I think kind of you, the way you've kind of talked about the Lakers has been kind of my feel on them this whole season. And that's that I just am kind of confused, right? Because they're better than nine and nine. Duh. Like I can look. At the list of players on the team, I'm not stupid and go, yeah, that, that's a good team. They're better than a 9-9 team, but they're 9-9. So a lot has been funky with them, and I think an underrated factor in a lot of their games this year is they try to figure it out, and I'm sure this has been talked about in the Lakers circles for you guys, is like they get the best punch from every team, right? Like everyone's oh, yeah. like, yes, we're playing LeBron and the Lakers. Like we are focused, we are ready, we are going to do everything we can. So when you are kind of figuring each other out and things are a little sloppier and and catching up, that's tougher against teams that are always giving you their best punch. So that's where I think that, you know, the Lakers, who, or excuse me, the Pacers, who last week, literally they had they, Rick Carlisle bench the starters. They were so lackadaisical in Charlotte. They've responded very well. Two wins in a row against decent teams. But 
they they will definitely be coming out with a ferocity, but I don't know if it's going to be enough. I think the talent gap is tough, and the the thing that the Pacers struggle with the most is Torrey Craig is is a good for this, but they struggle with wings or forwards who are really bulky, and LeBron is certainly that. And Anthony <laughs> yeah. Davis can be that. So they have very few answers for those two guys. So, I mean, if Davis misses threes, maybe they can defend him, and LeBron's status is still kind of TBD. But I, th- if those two guys play, they, they just don't have enough answers for them to make you think the Pacers will win. But like I just said, the Lakers are so confusing to me this year that I don't I don't really know what to expect. So w- what, what are you kind of thinking? Are the Lakers going to win this one? Or maybe it depends what happens in the next game. I don't know. I will make I, – I cannot possibly predict <laughs> what this Lakers team is going to do on a night-to-night basis. Um, they – they struggle. They certainly have do and have acknowledged that they get everybody's best punch. They have a target on their back in that respect. Um, they're the Lakers with LeBron, with AD, with Russ and Melo. They had five guys on the top seventy-five all-time list. Um, they they get everybody's best punch in that sense. And where they've struggled the most is against younger teams that have a ton of energy that come out from the get-go and are flying around. Um, as you mentioned, those two OKC games that pretty much described uh, the Thunder in both those games. They um, lost to the Timberwolves, got absolutely blown out by the Timberwolves, uh, the Bulls as well. Um, they struggled both games against the Rockets. Uh, and then that Detroit game was a bunch of young guys running around for three quarters, basically. Uh, the Lakers never really look like they have a sense of urgency that you would expect for a team that's 9-9 nine and nine with title aspirations. Uh, which can be very frustrating at times. Um, they they talked a lot. I keep referencing that Detroit game because everyone talked afterwards about that being a turning point in the season. Uh, ultimately, I nobody really knows if it is going to be, and they could very easily have lost to the Knicks by the time you're, lo- you're listening to this. But uh, they all talked after the game about kind of losing LeBron to an ejection, being down double digits, and then coming back and winning that game being uh, the type of moment that kind of galvanizes a team and is a turning point. Um, ultimately, you, the, you can talk the talk, but you have to walk the walk. Uh, this team still needs to come out with uh, some urgency and some energy that they don't typically have on a night-to-night basis. They get up for some of the bigger games for the better part of um, three quarters or so of that Celtics game. They, they were toe-to-toe with them. But again, another team that got some energy from Marcus Smart and just blew the doors off the Lakers in the fourth quarter. But uh, that's just kind of been the MO with this team. If, if the Pacers come out with a ton of energy and uh, really kind of take it to the Lakers, this isn't a team that has really matched that energy level so far this season. And they just kind of a lot of times have just lied down and let the other team uh, take over and then. They try to make a comeback at some point, and usually it falls short. So that'll be the big thing. Uh, I don't know how energetic the Pacers are. They're not full of the young guys that some of these other teams are, but that's the big thing that's really uh, the Lakers have really struggled with. Jacob, I did not brief you on this topic, but it's coming anyway. You were my last guest prior to Thanksgiving. So I need one Thanksgiving food hot take from you. Oh, a hot take. See, I... I'm a really picky eater. Uh, so uh, for me, like stuffing, just I absolutely hate. It's, that it's was gone. mine. That's not oh. good. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, That's I was going to say good. 
stuffing is garbage. I I similar. I don't. I guess it's kind of a Thanksgiving food. Pumpkin pie. I also absolutely hate too. Oh, that was a bad answer. Okay, there we go. (laughs) Oh well, (laughs) apple pie is by far my favorite. Pumpkin pie. I just. I am all the way out on. (laughs) I love pumpkin pie. I also hate stuffing. That's good. Maybe that's an Indiana thing or something. I I haven't been to many (laughs) Thanksgivings with stuffing, but it is not my thing. Dang, that was going to be mine. Now I don't. I don't really have a good Thanksgiving hot take. I don't typically there's very few times I've been to a Thanksgiving with stuffing, but every time I've I've tried it, I'm all the way out on it. I'm not a I'm not a cranberry fan. I don't think that's a good flavor. Do you like cranberry? It's it's all right. I it's not something I typically get on Thanksgiving, but uh I, I enjoy it from time to time. So before we get out of here, we've talked Lakers this whole time, but Jacob uh, is a Hoosier and hosts Locked On Hoosiers. And this is a Pacers show, so some of my listeners, if not many, either know of IU or went to IU like me or something. So promote Locked On Hoosiers real quick before we actually get you out of here. Yeah, I mean, the the Hoosier basketball season has been a lot more enjoyable so far through four games than that that football season was. And not a sport, don't worry. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's not even over, and I've completely checked out on them. Uh, if you've seen me on YouTube glancing up, it's because I I have the Hoosier game on right now. But uh, yeah, locked on Hoosiers. We we it's a lot of basketball right now. Men's soccer is still going on. They're in the NCAA tournament. Women's basketball as well. We we cover. They're number four in the nation. So, yeah, they, it's a lot of fun right now for Hoosier basketball. A lot of uh, both men's and women's Hoosier basketball coverage. If you guys, uh, if you guys are Hoosier fans, and come on over and check us out. IU men's officially thirtieth, I believe, in the AP poll. Not that being outside of twenty five matters, but thirtieth yeah, in the a, numbers. They somehow went down after starting four and zero, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not too worried about it because if you're not in the top twenty five, nobody really cares. But I, I did kind of laugh at that. They beat St. John's, who's a pretty good team, and started four and zero, and apparently that wasn't impressive enough to get those same voters to vote for you again. I went to the LA Lafayette game and watched a Ooh. good Sun Belt team miss every shot they took for fourteen minutes, and then IU went down in the rankings. I don't yeah. really care. That uh, was. But- that that, that Louisiana game was, whew, That I I've tried to think of uh of enough words to describe this IU defense. Suffocating is what I use a lot. Uh, they are relentless defensively. Yeah, Geronimo was excellent in that game. But you're getting my thoughts. You want Jacobs? Go to Locked On Hoosiers. And of course, if you're on YouTube, you can see it. Jacob is on Twitter at Jacob Rude for his Lakers and Hoosiers thoughts. This podcast at Locked On Pacers and me at T East NBA tomorrow night. Uh, or on Thanksgiving, for those of you who want to listen to a Pacers podcast on Thanksgiving, I'll be breaking down this Pacers-Lakers game and some other Pacers musings of what went on. Thank you guys a ton for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>